You are now listening to Tough Gages Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Talk Your Jits podcast. This podcast is, as the name implies, all about jiu-jitsu. I'm your host, Lamar Smith. And today's guest is a brown belt who trains and teaches at Fresh BJJ, located in St. Clair Shores, Michigan. Ladies and gentlemen, Zaid Bay. How's it going, Lamar? How are you doing today? Good, man. How are you doing today, sir? Doing good, doing good. Good, good. First and foremost, man, I would like to thank you again for uh, coming on to the podcast, man, sharing your experience with everybody. No problem at all, man. It's my pleasure. Awesome. But uh, yeah, man, um, let's, you know, let's give the people what they want, man. The floor is yours. Go ahead and give us a trip down your jujitsu journey. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I've been doing jujitsu for, I'd say, about eight years now. Uh, I started in my early 20s. You know, I wrestled for a few years growing up and then, you know, I was trying to look for something to do. After college, uh, found jujitsu and kind of just instantly clicked. I think it's kind of similar to a lot of people. They just try it out and then it just it just clicks. It was something I wanted to do. And I've been been doing it every day, every day since that I can, you know, um, regardless of the situation. You know, I'm trying to put time in, trying to put work in. And, uh, yeah, I love it. Man. So, um, so you've been training at fresh jujitsu since you started training or yeah so i've been there since day one yeah i've been uh been training there you know cross training a couple gyms here and there just to get extra work but that's been my uh my home base since day one Mm, so how so how has that how has that been for you like training wise and now obviously been a teacher so yeah man just kind of going a little bit if you can go in a little bit more in depth about yeah about it yeah, I mean, it's it's fun. You know, my school uh, definitely would probably call it, you know, a smaller school relative to other schools around the area. But it's a it's a tough school. You know, we got we got a lot of good guys in there, tough roles, tough classes in general. Uh, you know, we got an instructor that really emphasizes that old school, you know, smash pass jujitsu, pressure jujitsu. And yes, uh, it kind of kind of falls right into uh, kind of right into my wheelhouse you know that's that's my style so you know i think that's why i've stuck around there so long it's just you know i love the style love my instructor my training partners are great and you know i I get great rounds every single time i go in there you know it's just uh it's a great school you know so yeah i mean um as far as you know teaching goes i I would say i've been doing it probably about let's see probably about five years now Mm-hmm. Started off uh, teaching kids for a couple of years as an assistant instructor, took over the program for a couple of years. And then probably about two years ago, um, I kind of stepped back from teaching kids. I just moved. I got married. So I kind of, <laughs> I appreciate it. So, you know, I just, uh, I didn't really, you know, have as much time to dedicate to to teaching kids with the times of the classes and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I'm still teaching adult classes doing nogi classes a lot of that stuff and uh yeah you know that's something i've really enjoyed getting into and kind of delving into the last few years is teaching and coaching and doing different things like that it's really definitely up my wheelhouse for sure nice and we're kind of we're kind of on that same kind of started that same like instructor's journey like i started with the kids class um then kind of like been doing that for the past 
I don't know, about three, four years now, give or take. Um, at one point we didn't have kids class, but now we you yeah. know, get picked back up. So I'm, you know, help teach that or I'll run the classes, but yeah, I'll do some of the adult classes as well. But, um, so I guess when you went from like training to teaching, like how was that transition for you? I mean, there's just a lot of factors that going into teaching, you know, who are you teaching, the the type of student you have, understanding that, you know, a big thing for me was kind of trying to gauge every student that I'm teaching and making sure I'm offering the offering them the most efficient process of, you know, a certain move, a certain technique, you know, if they have certain issues, training or health concerns or anything like that, kind of uh, adjusting classes for them understanding how to vocalize, you know, certain steps and techniques, you know, when to emphasize your voice. There's a lot that goes into teaching that I think uh, some people don't realize, you know, the communication aspect of, of it and, you know, making sure you have everyone's attention, all that kind of stuff, making sure there's order and, you know, organization in the class. So um, I think that was the big thing for me was learning that, but, you know, working with kids you know, obviously, I'm sure you know, like, you know, you have to be re repeating yourself three, four times to make sure they're lining up or yeah. make sure make sure they're getting a technique down or, you know, specific steps in a technique. So I think that definitely helped when I started jumping in and teaching adults and coaching and that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, I really knew how to use my voice and uh, kind of went from there. But yeah, you know, like I said, um, it was it was definitely, uh, you know, a smoother transition, I would say, going from teaching kids to adults than just kind of jumping in and teaching kids. Um, you know, when I took over that head role of teaching kids, you know, head instructor role, it was kind of short notice. So there was a lot I had to kind of pick up. You know, I was kind of more so an assistant instructor before, kind of just on the side and helping that kind of stuff. So yeah, it was it was definitely a lot, but I'm, I'm glad I did it. It's definitely something I want to continue doing. And uh I really enjoy teaching. You know, it's something I enjoy just as much as I do training, you know? Yeah, most definitely. And like, yeah, it's, it's something like about, um, you, you know, you get in that role of being an instructor. Um, cause when me and uh, Zach talked about it, uh, this is, I was still like a mid, I think I was still a blue belt at this time. And he was asking me about doing kids class and I jumped at it. I was like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll teach. Mm -hmm. But then I'm like, what the hell am I going to teach? yeah exactly you know because it's like yeah because they're kids it's not not necessarily like you can have like a full like plan out like yeah we're gonna work 50 you know like five or six techniques and we're gonna work this work that you kind of have to like you know keep it short keep it sweet for them but honestly i feel like as an instructor as an assistant instructor especially when it comes to kids class and you know now with adult classes i feel like anybody who's gonna who wants to step in that teaching role i think you should start with a kids class Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think with kids too, it's it's really about just keeping it simple. Yeah. You know, trying to connect, you know, a lot of, you know, basic sequences. I think that's something that's really worked well for me when teaching kids, you know, you can show a kid a couple techniques here and there, but you know, they might forget it or for you know, forget certain set steps. But if you're teaching them a sequence of moves, you know, how to pass guard, you know, getting to side control, you know, getting to mount and then finishing from mount those sequences, I feel like definitely stick in kids' brains. I mean, that's, that's something I always try to, try to emphasize with teaching kids. But um, 
it can be tough. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's definitely those days where I've walked in. I'm just like, what am I doing right now? But, uh, no, it's, it's, I think that's it's super rewarding. You know, we have a few kids or I should say teenagers at our school now that have come kind of come through the ranks, you know, and seeing them start, you know, when I was teaching kids classes and kind of seeing them elevate to the point they're at now, you know, 15, 16 years old, almost about to get their blue belts and they're just, you know, doing really well, you know, some of them competing, doing really well in competition too. So it's definitely uh, rewarding seeing that, you know, the time and effort you put into some of these kids and seeing them really step up over the years. Yeah, it's it's such a yeah, it's such a humbling feeling, especially when you had like you feel like you had your hand into you know, you had your hand in that with you know, with yeah. teaching and obviously like, you know, the head instructors see that they're growing and also that shows that you're growing as well because you're able to not only you know, you're taking out your time, sacrificing your time to teach kids who can be a handful at time, but the fact that you were able to get them to sit down and learn these techniques yeah and whatever because exactly. you know for example because i because you you have a daughter correct yes i do i have a six-year-old does she do she train she actually just started training i just got her first gi for her um she was doing karate for a while and then uh she just you know got kind of tired of it and wanted to start doing jujitsu and uh she's been doing it for probably about two three weeks now she loves it so okay, and that that's gonna be my next thing because my daughter she she just turned seven um a couple days ago, but she started training a few a uh, few weeks ago, and I guess I can ask you this because I don't know if, if she's in your kids' class, but my daughter's in my kids' class. Like, was it like is it difficult or has it been difficult for you to kind of like switch off daddy to become like Professor Zaid versus Daddy Zaid? Because I have that I know I have that issue a lot where I have that like try to find that 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 balance of being like a dad but also being her instructor yeah definitely i mean um with me the way i teach i i don't know i guess some people have said it's kind of military i just like a lot of organization i i want you know there just to be efficiency of time you know when you're there i want to make sure that you're you're doing everything you can and you're putting 100 percent in you know so mm -hmm. and that's how it was with kids classes too but um you know with her um, I'm obviously a little more delicate, you know, cause she's, she's six and I don't want to, <laughs> you know, like ruin it for, her, you know, all of a sudden just, you know, early on in her career. But, um, I'm gradually kind of introducing her to stuff, you know, not having her role full on yet, kind of just trying to understand that, understand the movements and all that kind of stuff. But it can be difficult. It definitely can, but, um, she's seen me teach and she understands how I teach. And so, she kind of gets it. And when she's in class, she listens, she's, she's enjoying it. So, you know, I, I really haven't had too many issues with her at all with, with these classes so far, which is great. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Same, you know, likewise here, man. Um, when, uh, my, my instructor, he, you know, he approached me, he was like, yeah, we know we're starting kids class again. Um, you know, are you up to teach? I'm like, oh yeah, of course, you know, I'm that's, you know, that's a given. And I'm like, oh snap, my daughter's old enough to start training now. Cause she was oh, like, yeah. you know, there's been so many, like there have been days where she'll come to train and just obviously sit on the side to just to watch. But I'm like, okay, now she's able to like actually train. And, you know, I, I approached her with it like, Hey, we're doing kids class in jujitsu. You want to, you want to start? And she's like, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, oh, I'll yes. go. So I was like, okay, cool. And man, just seeing her put on that gi for a first, like for the first time, 
Like oh. it was just like oh, it's like a, oh, this I this is so unbelievable. Like is this yeah, is this real passing, life, man? But passing down the skills. Yeah, definitely passing it down. And um, she like she took to it like so so easily, man. She's very very smart. Um, you know, I'm not just saying it because she's my child, but because we have other we have we have a few kids and they you know they call they catch it on as well, but. You know, Herb is like she she remembers the you know our rules and principles. She you know understands them like the snakes and everything yeah. else. And she definitely um, like she's a little bit hard on herself when when it comes to certain things like things like she'll try a technique or her and the kids might be playing around and she might try to do something we did in class and like I could just see her on the sideline like what's wrong like the, yeah, the, yeah. the technique didn't work. I'm like it's it's okay. It's it's okay. Like <laughs> yeah, they want that instant gratitude. Yeah, I'm like, but you have to. But that would be the, those would be those moments where I kind of have to like, okay, do I decide to be her instructor or do I decide to, like decide to be her dad? Because yeah, I heard. I mean, me as a dad, I'm like, you know, oh yeah, you know, you got it. You you know, you give it your best shot. Blah blah blah. But as an instructor, like, no, you have to you have to continue to do this. You have to continue to rep. You can't just try it one time and then expect it to just succeed right off the bat because no one is able to do that. Even me, exactly. like I'm still working the simply, you know, the, some of the basic stuff that we go over every single day, I'm still repping and working. Yes, true. Like, yeah. The kids yeah. would be like, oh, we know all we do is snakes. And I'm like, yeah, that's important. Yeah. Like that is very well, I mean, important. And I think you see it too in adults also. You know, I've definitely trained with some people and taught some people where they just wanted that instant gratification. They would just break down if they were doing bad in roles after, you know, just training two or three months and, you know, just trying to get them to understand that, you know, like you're, you're rolling with guys who have, you know, five, six, seven, eight years of experience. You can't expect to just jump out there and just do whatever you want. You're learning something completely new. Yeah. But uh, I mean, see, you, you see it across the board, but with yeah. kids, it's, you know, you just like, like I said, that's why, um, some of them you just have to be kind of delicate with with the process kind of introducing them to to jiu-jitsu so they kind of understand just the 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 process you know getting to you know get ranking up getting to that point where you're you know you're a green belt and then you know the process of getting a blue belt as a kid you know it's it's a long process it's definitely longer than you know most other martial arts you know there is no kids black belt in brazilian jiu-jitsu no <laughs> so, um so, I mean, you know, I, I'm a fan of that, too. I, I really like the the belt system in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, so, you know, that's that's one thing, too. You know, I was explaining it to my daughter. was like, you know, it's going to be a process. It's going to be a journey. You know, don't expect to just get, like, you're not going to be getting your black belt after a couple of years, you know. <laughs> right. You got a you long know? way to go. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I just remember training with her and her just constantly telling me, it's like, okay, you know, I got the basics. Now I want you to show me some black belt techniques and, you know. Just like, well, you know, black belt techniques is just, you know, understanding the basics and mastering the basics and then, you know, connecting things from there. And she kind of just looked at me. I'm like, yeah, you know, you're six. Maybe you don't understand what I'm saying just yet. Let's just let's go. Let's go over our snakes a little more and let's go over our mount escapes. Just our basic stuff. <laughs> right. Keep that right now. Because, uh, yeah, it's it's funny because we we literally just had the same conversation, too, about a few weeks ago, right before uh, my brown belt test. Um we were we were talking and she was like she was looking at her belt and then she was looking at my belt and she was like daddy um why is your belt purple and I, <laughs> she's like and she's like all i got is a white belt i said well daddy started as a white belt and she's like 
really? I was like, yeah. Daddy start, everyone starts as a white belt. She said, but I want a purple belt. I was like, well, you have to work for it. Exactly. And yeah. Then, yeah. you know, that's when, you know, my instructor walked past like, well, he ain't going to be purple for long. He just kind of said it in passing. And she's like, oh, you getting another belt? I was like, hey, yeah, eventually I'll get, you know, I was like, you know, I'll be testing for my brown belt and eventually black and stuff like that. So I was like, yeah. well, if you want to get this, you have to train. Yeah. You know, like you have, you know, you kind of have to give them like the, I guess all the flowers and rainbows, but still you got, you still got to give them that storm talk. Like, Hey, this may seem cool and all, but this ain't just given to anybody. Like you have to get out there and you have to work your butt off and you have to, you know, oh, yeah. put forth that effort. But Definitely. I think she, I think she sees it and understands it though. Most, most definitely. Oh yeah. After a little while they start to gauge it and they start to get it. So, um, so with your, you said you test for your brown belt recently. Um, you guys, you guys have like a formal test for it, correct? You go through like a process for it. Yeah. I mean, I, I believe it's the same system. Um, we, yeah. you know, we'll go over principles and rules you know, so many techniques from top and bottom. And then we do, so, you know, do our self-defense portion. And then, you know, then our sports jujitsu at the end. Yeah. You know, I tell people about that. And it's uh, it's a lot of the white belts at our school. You know, they re- they don't realize that it's just not a common thing for a lot of schools to yeah. test for it. I mean, I-, I love it. I think just in general, the prep that you have to put into it, especially as you get, you know, higher rank. Like my brown belt test, I think, was about, something around four and a half, five hours. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you just look at, you know, the, the amount of techniques that you have to knock out the, you know, the self-defense portion, the, the rolling portion. It's just, there, there's a lot that goes into it. And uh, there's definitely people that come to our school, you know, like colored belts that come to our school and they, they see these tests and they're just like blown away. They're just like, wow, I can't believe like you guys actually do this kind of stuff. But um, I, I really like it. I think it, it just, like you said, you know, with your school, I know there's a couple of other schools that kind of do it in the same process, but, uh, yeah, I think it's the best way to do it really just kind of push yourself to get that belt. So, you know, regardless of what, what you're doing, it's just kind of showing your aptitude at that point before getting that belt. I think that's the best part. Yeah. And like, I think, well, yeah, the first time I actually seen the test like implemented was when Zach got his, his black belt. And yeah, it's just the fact that you you know you yeah you feel like you know this stuff but when you when you test it's like you really have to prove it like you really have yeah. to go out there and you really have to put you know you just have to lay it all lay it all out online because you know our test is is designed to push you to your bitter like to the bitter end yeah and i yeah I, like you said it's it's one of the the best things i've seen i can't speak for other schools because i don't know their tech you know they're teaching requirements or anything like that but i only speak for the moera system because it's what i train under and yeah that you know yeah the techniques is cool but what i the the part about the test that i really really love is that self-defense portion mm-hmm. because yeah i talk to other people and a lot of other schools don't teach self-defense they just teach like you know i won't say sports jujitsu or just a, a form of jujitsu but no we we practice self-defense you know yeah. we treat it as what it's supposed to be a self-defense martial art so we're going over how to defend yourself against punches and just defend yourself against, you know, multiple assailants and stuff like that. Like, because if you can't apply this in a street fight, are you really learning jujitsu? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what I think I really enjoy about it, too, is just that aspect of it. When you look at our tests, 
you know, having to do bat defense, knife defense, gun defense, and having to do that, like, you know, striking portion and just, you know, controlling, containing your partners and your opponents, it just adds a lot to it. You know, like I said, um, it's, it's key, you know, you have to understand how to use it. I mean, real life situations, you know, realistically, you're going to, you're going to be in those situations more than you might be in a competition situation. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, you know, that this when it's you know i always find it kind of funny when people say it's like street jujitsu relative to like sport jujitsu because there's really not a difference it's just like specific aspects of street jujitsu like extra stuff we may be doing you know where we're defending punches or we're doing like self-defense certain like specific classes to learn that gun defense knife defense but i mean the actual jujitsu we're doing it's it's the exact same you know right yeah so um yeah, because, you know, for our test, when we do, like, the one-on-one self-defense, it's strictly jujitsu. Exactly. Know, obviously, the the other person able to strike, throw kicks and everything else, we only have jujitsu. And yeah. I don't know. It's it's just something about that portion, man. It just really it really pushes you to that to that, that limit because, you know, as, as Mike Tyson said, everyone has a plan to get punched in the face. Yeah. And if you can't think about your you know your next move or your next action while someone is deliberately trying to knock your head off you're not yeah. really doing jujitsu i mean essentially when you look at it too it's just it, that self-defense portion and even the sport jujitsu portion they're just essentially shark tanks you're just oh, running yeah. and that's after running through you know whatever it is two hours of two and a half hours of technique and that kind of stuff i mean the endurance aspect when people ask me about the test like you know people at my school when they're trying to prep I just tell them that I'm like, you need to make sure that your endurance is good and that you pace yourself during this test, because that's always the biggest thing. Like you said, these tests are, were made to kind of push you and to try to break you. Yeah. You know? So, um, so yeah, that's, it's just intense, you know, and as you get higher, you know, the test gets longer, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> yes. that's, that's the toughest part, you know, just thinking about that. I, I remember from my Brown belt test, I'm just like, damn, I do not feel prepared for this yet. But, um, I mean, cause it's a process like for me, you're talking two, three months at least of like strict training and preparation for, for these kind of tests. At least that that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like extra training, two to three months of extra training to get prepped for these tests. So, um, you know, I, it's, it's definitely a process. And, you know, which is, which is strange when you really, really, really think about it, because, you know, if you train as much as we do, you train in three, four days a week, and, you know, it, it's not like you're going to be doing anything different than what you're doing on, you know, doing it on your test. But it's like mm -hmm. as soon as you get that mentality of like, OK, I'm testing for my belt. Everything just turns into a oh shit moment. Yeah. Like, you know, exactly. the stuff you can you know, you can do every single technique, you know, blindfolded. But it's something about you have this whole classroom. Everyone eyeballs on you. Yeah. Even though you're used to being a teacher and, you know, explaining everything, you're not doing anything different. You're breaking down your techniques. You're showing, you know, techniques from different positions. Nothing you don't do from any ordinary training day, but it's something about that testing day. It's like, uh, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, and I mean, it's just the abundance <laughs> of techniques, too, especially when you get to that brown belt level. You know, you're talking, at least for our test, I think, it's about 140 techniques that you're showing. Mm -hmm. um, like straight in a row. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's just re remembering those techniques and then just pacing yourself, you know, not running through them and just like gassing out in the first like 15, 20 techniques. So, 
yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's definitely something you have to prep for. You can't just walk into something like that and think you're going to do well. That's nah, for sure. Not at all. Because I, you know, when I tested for my, my purple belt, when I tell you, Zay, I, I died at least about three times during that test. Because yep. it was right after COVID. So it wasn't like I was heavily training that much. But obviously prior yeah. to that, I was training a lot. But then that couple weeks or that month or so, where no gyms were open. So it was like everything just came to a screeching halt. Exactly. And so it was like, okay, test time came. The technique portion, you know, it was it was it was okay. But like what by the time I got to I think halfway through the um technique portion, I was just gassed. I was yeah. like, Oh, this is bad. This is not gonna end well. And then we get well, to that, the yeah. You feel it in that technique portion. That's where you we really hit that first wall. Is yeah. that technique? Portion. Yeah, because it's it's yeah because it's 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 definitely a mental strain because you know we have to do technique from top from side control. Well, that's considered top, but from top, uh, you know, having someone back, you know, in turtle yeah. and all these different positions. And yeah, like you said, granted. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Granted, yeah, you know, you know these techniques, but it's like, oh man, what where do I start? Where do I go? What do I do? And like I said, exactly. you get so gassed, and then we got to the the self defense portion, and I was like, man, I oh, I was so spent after the first the first two rounds of self defense. I was man, I was so gassed, I was winded, like my lungs and chest was on fire, man. But I I persevered and pushed through. But when I did brown belt, I was like, yeah, this this ain't happening again. Yeah, you got to. Oh, pre I prepped. I prepped, man. I was on it. I was on it. But yeah, when I did my brown my brown belt, you know, I, you know, it was it was smooth sailing. So that's great. That's yeah. great to hear. It it definitely I mean, it definitely pushes you, man. Definitely pushes you mentally. Definitely pushes you mentally. Oh yeah, I mean, it's just I yeah, like I I like our system a lot, and um, I I think it like I said with that sport, you just jujitsu ju aspect. You know, there's not really much difference from other schools. You know, we have guys that compete. You know, I used to compete, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think that changes anything. Like we were talking about, it's just, it's just that added extra, just, just in case, though, that real life situation. So you actually potentially can use it on the street, or just understand what you need to do. If someone has a bat, a knife, a gun. You know, that's it's imperative these days. I think. Yeah, I, I highly, I highly encourage anyone um, to learn a form of martial art. Or I uh, yeah. should say a form of self defense. So don't necessarily have to be jujitsu, but we're going to push jujitsu because that's who that's what we do. But yeah, <laughs> any form of martial art, self defense. That way, you just just can be a little bit a little bit more prepared for you know whatever whatever gets thrown at you. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Something. 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 Yeah. Something. Yeah. So yeah. um. So I'm not I I know you I know you I know you teach and I know you have a people that com, uh, that competes under you. Um do you compete yourself? So I used to um probably up until I want to say I was like a purple belt, one stripe purple belt, something around there. Um just, you know, different things with life, just getting married, moving, different things like that. Um but I'm definitely looking to get back into it you know, relatively soon. Still putting in the same time, uh, same amount of work. It's just, uh, you know, finding the right time to compete, that kind of stuff. And, uh, 
you know, when the guys compete at our school, um, I'm usually the one that goes out and kind of coaches. And I, I really do enjoy that a lot, just the prep for it too. You know, all those guys that are competing at our school, you know, I'm, I'm training with them, I'm helping them prep. So, you know, I, I feel like uh, for me, it'd just be kind of like finding out when I want to compete, what I want to do, and just kind of stepping back out there again. But it's definitely something I miss. I mean, I think it's been probably about something like, three and a half three three and a half years mm-hmm. i've competed uh, so i'm definitely getting the itch again you know so uh, i'm thinking soon soon i'll be out there again yeah uh after i did that one test i'm not i'm sorry not test but once i did that one tournament i was like man i i really want to do this again oh yeah i really want to do this again because i to me i felt like it it kind of opened up jujitsu just a tad bit more than what I was already going, you know, uh, already learning because, mm-hmm. you know, with, with training versus competing from what I've learned, um, it's, it's a totally different animal Yeah, because, you know, you have, you know, you have the people that you train with every single day. So you kind of know their game. They kind of know your game. Yeah. Granted, you can maybe tweak some stuff to kind of like, you know, trying to get a, a leg up, but you only can do that so many times before they pick up on what you're doing. Exactly. It gets kind of routine. Yeah. yeah. It gets it gets very routine versus going out and actually competing. Yeah, granted that person knows jujitsu, but they don't know your jujitsu. Exactly. So you yeah. Really have to be like, okay, I need to fine tune what I need. I you know, what I need and what needs to be done. Cause when I did like I said, when I did that first one, that was like literally my first tournament I've done and the guy that I went with was a a freaking monster. Oh yeah, I remember. We were. I was there watching that. That guy was a monster yeah. for sure. I was like, "Oh my god, this dude was just so strong." But yeah, he was no. But all in all, he was a very, very cool guy. I got a chance to talk to him after after the uh, after our matches, and we just kind of like ran through what happened and everything else. You know, a real cool experience. But it was something about that where yeah, I could have gave up. I could have been like, "Man, my jujitsu sucked." This dude tapped me twice, and so you know, in like in quick succession. But nah, man, as soon as I got in the car and was driving home, I was ready to go back to the gym. Yeah, exactly. I was, yeah, I'm yeah, ready to go that, back to the drawing board and figure this out. And that's how it should be, man. You know, you should use, like, competitions as a gauge to see what you need to work on. For me, that's always what it was. You know, I wanted to just kind of see where I was at, see what I needed to work on, see, you know, what I was strong, what positions I was strong in, all that kind of stuff. So, um, and, you know, for me, I never push competition like i never try to like really push competition on people unless they want to right you know i I always think it you know you should at least try it a couple times you know even if it's not your thing just to kind of understand it like the mentality of it you know when you're rolling in class you have a regular role it's a lot different than you know even if you're just simulating a mock match you know we i was doing that a few weeks back with some of the white belts in one of my classes and they were just like gassed after and they're like i don't get it like why am i gassed i'm like i told you man it's a different different mentality you're thinking in a different mindset what you need to do like either you're thinking about points or just you know controlling positions all this kind of stuff it's it's definitely different and i think uh i think people can benefit for it for sure just at least a couple times in your career you know yeah yeah and i you know i'm, I'm that same way too um we have um a couple people that um kind of like danced around the idea of competing i just like hey you should you know you should try it. i'm not like hey you you got to go out there and do it like no i'm literally like it's 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 a fun experience it's a very fun experience it's an eye-opening experience um i like i said i encourage anyone who's training 
you don't have to it don't have to be a big stage tournament you can always find a local or in-house tournament you know a local tournament somewhere in your city and state to just kind of just go out there and just test your waters because even yeah even in a classroom setting like yeah we can set up an in-house tournament right exactly for people in our school but you're not you're not necessarily going to push yourself to that to that point because this is your training partner this is your family you don't yeah. necessarily don't hurt your you don't you don't want to hurt your family so you're still mm-hmm. kind of like you know you're taking your foot off the gas you know when yeah. you go out there and compete like no this person is trying to kill me yeah so i need to get exactly. them first so it's a different mindset it's yeah like totally so, different, yeah so totally totally different mindset yeah but i mean i feel like for me every time i've competed i've come out of it you know a better grappler and just kind of you know picking up things i need to work on but uh yeah, that's why I'm getting the itch a little bit. You know, it's been a few years since I have, and I feel like my game is, has changed a lot. So it would be nice to kind of kind of just uh, get out there and kind of test myself again. Yeah, there's um, there's one coming up in January. I think it's Grappling Industries, right? Yep, it's grapp- yeah, Grappling Industries. Um, I think it's like the, oof, I'm going to say like the second week of January. Yeah. Give or take. So I know the oh. open registration starts for that uh, next month or this month give or take okay. but um yeah i'm i was definitely eyeballing that one um just kind of get the year kicked off right but i don't know if i want to be i don't want to say that i'm trying to become a comp, you know a, a competitor or something but like i'm really like yeah i'm gonna try to do as many as i possibly can next year yeah you know just have fun with it you yeah. know it doesn't have, you know everyone i think everyone that competes has a different goal in mind but you know if you want to just have fun with it, have fun with it don't put any pressure on yourself and uh yeah you know um grappling industries it's well run too i really like that round robin format too mm-hmm. especially you know for those white belts and blue belts you just get so many matches so um i always encourage people to uh try to jump out there you know because just, yeah definitely as a white belt or blue belt like get yeah. get those tournaments in you now because it seems like the higher you go in your rankings, the thinner and thinner that list gets. Yeah, it's tougher. Once you get the purple and brown, it's, you know, and up, it, it can definitely be tough. You know, you're only getting like maybe one, maybe two guys. Um, I think that's when you got to start, you know, going out to those bigger tournaments to try and get, uh, just get more people in your bracket, you know, more competition in general. But uh, that white and blue belt level, especially just around here, you know, you're definitely getting a lot of guys in your divisions for sure at some of those weights. Yeah, because I was looking at the list when we did uh, Tap Out Cancer, and I can't wait for them guys to come back around because that was, you know, the tournament itself was pretty cool, but the organization and everything they stand for was, like, you know, very, very awesome as well. But, um, you know, as time was getting closer and closer to the date, I was, you know, looking at this list, and the list was, like, I think we had maybe, I want to say, like, a a good 10, 12 purple belts in the the Masters division when it, it first initiated. But when we got there, half of the people didn't show. Uh, so okay. we got split up again. So it was like, yeah, me and um, I can't remember the guy's name I went against. We were like the we was like the only two super heavies that showed up. So okay. it was us two, and then it was like the light heavies over here. They had their like two, three, ma- like one or two matches, and then oh, I think that was it. I think it was like, yeah, I think that was it. So it was like only only us four as purple belts that competed, but you know, they split us up and it was like, damn, I was yeah. really hoping to get more matches in. Cause I was, I've been there. I was there the whole entire day. Cause I, yeah. cause I was, I wasn't for sure about exactly what time to show up. Like, you know what? I'm just going to show up. I'm going to obviously going to watch because the kids, the kids 
competing was you know amazing in itself but mm-hmm. um yeah so when it got to us it was like yeah we're only doing this this and this i was like oh man can i join someone else's bracket please like i don't care who is it. like if it's upper or lower man i just want to i just yeah. want to compete i just want to keep going i mean it's nice too when you get you get multiple people in your you know just your weight because uh you go ghee no ghee so maybe you just you know have a bad run of it in the ghee and you can kind of make up for it and no gi, you know, just get the opportunity for a variety of opponents. I think when you have, you know, obviously when you have more people in your bracket, but um, it can be tough. It can be tough. So that's always something to look for when you're looking for to sign up for a tournament. It's just, you know, you got to really make sure, you know, you're going to want to do it. If, you know, for me, it's, it, it can be kind of tough when I only see like one person signed up in my weight division or something it can be a little off putting, but uh, you know, sometimes just, you know, if you're preparing, you got teammates preparing that kind of stuff. Like for me, if it's a situation like that, it just kind of makes me want to jump out there at it. Anyways, it's like, you know, I'm already prepared for it. Why not at least go out and see what happens? Yeah. Might as well. Like you're, you're, you've been training. Yeah. You've been training this long for, you've been putting in that extra time at the gym. Just go out there and do it anyway, man. If it's one matches or if it's like 11 matches, just go out there and just do it, man. It's you're still going to get the experience. It may not be as much as you would like it to be, but you yeah. still get that experience nonetheless. That's true. So, you know, going back to that tournament, I was, like I said, I was competing at ultra heavy. And I was like, yeah, for one, I don't want to compete that heavy again. If this is, <laughs> like, if this what is. What's ultra heavy? Was that 220? 220 and up, yeah. 220 and up, okay. And I'm and I was like, ooh, that's it? Like, you just, once you hit 221, it's just everybody. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I don't, don't want to do that again. Yeah, yeah. So like yeah, I was able to drop down to two seventeen ish, um, like my current weight at the moment. And I'm like, okay, at this weight I can probably get down a little bit more, but at least in like in the weight class that I would be in, I think I would still be heavy, but there's more there will be there will gonna be more people and I have the option of doing gi or no gi. I'm not too sure which one I'm gonna I know I'm gonna do gi for sure, but I don't know if I'm gonna do both divisions. Oh. But yeah, it it would definitely open up a lot more chances of getting more matches in for sure. Yeah. So what do you like more? You like gi or no gi more? Honestly, um, you know, we're you know, we're very gi dependent school, but on our open mats or, or some random classes, we'll do a no gi class or a no gi um just open mat. And I'm really starting to fall in love with no gi. Yeah. Like, I definitely know. I, you know, yeah, you know, you're fighting for grips and everything with, you know, with the geese on, but some, something about no gi, man, you just have to fine tune the technicality, man, yeah. to really, really get these, like, get these finishes. It's definitely more movement and, you know, thinking about other aspects of control, you know, you got your gi, you have your grips and all that kind of stuff. So it's definitely easier to control, I feel like, mm-hmm. in, uh, in that, that no gi, just the flow of it, just the movement, all that kind of stuff. And I think just you know me growing up wrestling it just it's it's always been kind of my my just like favored you know thing over you know rolling in the gi but um i don't know for for a while i was definitely like dependent on the gi and i just really focused on that a lot but last i'd probably say two or three years it's it's been a lot of no gi for me you know so uh it's it's something i'm trying to uh fine-tune a little more you know so yeah right because i i feel like Cause like what I, I would try to do if we, you know, if we have time, like I'll get like a good two, three heavy rolls in, in the gi 
and by that time everyone's like warmed up like, all right let's 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 just do one no gi because at that time everyone's sweaty you're slippery so you necessarily can't just like <laughs> grab on somebody and hold on for dear life because you're going to slip away and it just it just i don't know man it just, just makes the role just that much more intense oh yes yeah definitely i think it's good to mix it up you know i think it's even if you favor, you know, a specific type gear, no gear, you know, I think it's really important to wear both types, at least get, you know, a basic understanding. You know, if you're a no gear guy, just having that basic understanding of, of training in the gi, it's important, you know, getting that all around aspect of, of jujitsu. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. granted, you know, you train in no gear, there's a lot of stuff that you can kind of implement more from no gear to gear, vice versa, and, you know, then vice versa, because when you're training no gear, obviously you can't grab you know rash guards or shirts or usually people roll with no shirts on so you have mm. to grab you know you have to focus on grabbing the wrist grabbing the back of the neck deviating the spine a whole lot more to be able to break yeah. down and control your opponent you can still do that in the gi so that's true. i'm sorry go ahead no i said that's true yeah everything yeah definitely can still do it in the gi um but I think that's really the big difference is those control points in no gi you know the grips and the cupping behind the head um, and all, all of that kind of stuff, but just in general, it's just, um, I think that kind of, that's kind of what plays into the flow of Nogi, you know, the faster movement, you know, the transition between positions, all that kind of stuff is because just in general, you know, you have less control. There's, you know, you, you really have to focus on, you know, just controlling the body more, you know, and when you get into certain positions, cause you know, relying on that on that wrist grip or you know grabbing behind the head, it's it's just it's not as reliable when you have that full collar grip or you have those you know grips on the wrist. You know, on their gi, it's just it can be tough. But um, just understanding that transition, the switch of grips, all that kind of stuff that that's that's really the key. I think when you try to at least when you're moving from one one to the other, is just the understanding of control. You know, all the moves you have relatively are the same you know you have some that are different that you can implement in the gi that you can't in no gi but uh you know it's it's those grips and the position that you really have to kind of understand when it comes to just just both of them transitioning between one and the other yeah because you know you, you roll so many times in the gi you're fighting you know you're fighting for those like, like the lapel grips and sleeves grips and man those are it, it we're all on your fingers yeah like, oh, yeah. there's been so many times, even, like, when I first started training, like, you know, after class, I'm like, oh, my, you know, my hands are just cramping up, or it's just, like, in this claw position, like, I can't open my fingers because they hurt so bad, because, yeah, you you know, you you, you want to grab onto somebody, and you want to grab so tight, and you're, you know, holding on for dear life because you don't want them to pass your guard or, you know, try to break your grip, but you're, like, destroying your hands and fingers at the same time, so yeah. it's, like, those few moments in those few times where we had like a week where we're doing like no gi or the times where if i'm teaching i'm like you know what i'll do a no gi class today just kind of like switch it up a little bit and yeah i've i've it definitely helped me a lot because i don't have to like you can't like necessarily like you know death grip someone's wrist if they're bigger than you so you have to kind of adjust to it and you know it's the back of the head as well and everything else so like i've saved my fingers on so many cages because i've switched to like that no gi grip Oh yeah, definitely. No, I feel you there. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, like jujitsu itself is already bad on your body. I don't need to add extra extra damage to it. Yeah, I mean, especially as you get farther along, there's definitely things you need to be need to be adding to your schedule. Um, for me, like yoga, just you know, like an active stretching routine. You know, 
I wouldn't say I'm old, but I mean, I'm about 33, so I'm definitely feeling it a little bit. Yeah. So I, I'm definitely not able to just kind of walk in there and just, you know, go cold out there and just start rolling. There's definitely no. a whole end <laughs> of me warming up and stretching out before I'm jumping. That's for sure. Yeah, like when I get there, when I get to class, you know, I got the I got the kids class I'll teach, but that would be my, my warm up. Like I'm, you know, mummifying my arms and wrists and ankles while I teach the kids class. And then now, you know, I do my stretches, do a couple of snakes again to get my body warmed up then then get ready for class. But, yeah, I envy those white belts or the younger guys that just come straight off the street into a gi and just start ripping and rolling. I'm like, I hate y'all. Yeah, like I have to warm this car up. Y'all just jump in and just drive off, man. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Got some like younger twenty-year-olds in our school that that just uh, yeah. I miss those days, but <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. But um, but yeah, man. But um, if you, I mean, if you have any questions for me, or if there's like you know, you say you was talking about competing. So if you got any competitions you got coming up, or if you got any guys that's competing that's coming up, man, the floor is yours. Going to plug the school and everything else. Yeah, you know, I'd probably say we're looking at grappling industries coming up. There's definitely some white belts, uh, a couple blue belts, maybe a couple purple belts that are looking looking to compete as well. But, uh, yeah, you know, come on down to Fresh BJJ. You know, we got classes six days a week. We're in St. Clair Shores. You know, very chill school, no egos there, no attitudes. I think that's, that's one of the best parts of the school, just uh, yeah. you can walk kind of train you just family from day one so yeah come on down if you're ever ever in the area between eight and nine mile greater mac yeah definitely um i know i know um we need to get some more cross training between our schools man because um we don't do that at all and i think that's just something that we should um sit down and talk about because i honestly do feel like cross training is a is a big thing that should be implemented a lot more in jujitsu especially oh, yeah. when you have schools so close by each other um, yeah but definitely. yeah man um definitely go check them out man fresh bjj like you said located in st Clair shores is an awesome school zay is an awesome guy you know i personally got a chance to not necessarily roll and train with him but definitely got a chance to sit down and talk to him very very smart guy um the school is awesome you definitely will be in good hands uh going down there all right thanks guys i appreciate it thanks for having me on yeah, no problem, man. And that's um, and that's today's episode. I would like to thank Zaid again for coming in and sharing his experience with us. I hope you guys took away from this um, and everything we talked about. Please go and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages so you guys can stay uh, up to date on all future episodes. This has been Talk Your Jits Podcast. Keep rolling, keep grinding, and remember, long live jujitsu. Have a great day.